You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. School is out for summer. Greg Hectus. What's up, guys? Tony Groves. Howdy, gentlemen. And special guest, Casey Tucker. Howdy. Hey, welcome. So today's uh, special guest segment is brought to you by SimLab Racing Simulator Products. SimLab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check out sim-lab.eu or search SimLab on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, David, you uh, just did something. I mean, I don't know if we're the sponsor or they're the sponsor, but you just bought some. Uh, no, I've got to order it tomorrow. It doesn't go on uh, pre-order till tomorrow. Aha, you're going to buy something from SimLab, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get their new P1X. Nice. We'll talk about that later. But uh, first, let's talk to Casey Tucker. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, Casey, you are in uh, Peak Antifreeze Series, and uh, we wanted to bring you on and get to know you a little bit. Let's talk about how did you get started in iRacing? When did you first hear the word iRacing and uh, when, what happened and how did you get started? Uh, yeah, so like I think it was probably um, back whenever I was starting to get out of uh, quarter midgets and more into uh, legend cars. Um, so that was back when I was probably around 18 to um, maybe 19 years old. Uh, and I, I was racing in real life and, uh, a lot of my friends, uh, that were running legend cars at the time told me about iRacing and they said, you know, there's this thing, it's a, it's a game you can get on there and you can make your car and you can race. And, uh, I was a little late to the game getting to it. It took me another, I think a couple years before I could actually get on it. But, uh, I heard about it then and I wanted to try it ever since. And then once I got on it, obviously I've been a little hooked. All right. Very good. Uh, Tell us about what kind of hardware are you running currently? Wheels, pedals, uh, computer, monitors, VR? Uh, yeah, so wheel, I have a Fanatec Club Sport um, wheelbase uh, with a BMW rim. I have Club Sport V2 pedals, um, and I've had them for a long time now. All of them good equipment, uh, have lasted me very good. I use a G27H pattern with an FL2 um adapter for it uh so i can run it standalone um i think basher boards was the person who made that um and i got that a long time ago as well i'm not 100 sure if they still make the stuff to uh adapt it but uh computer is custom built by myself uh it's got a gtx 980 in it with a i7 uh the older model that runs at about 4.0 hertz 16 gigabytes of ram and so on right are you on uh, VR or monitors? I'm on a, uh, well, uh, it's not necessarily a monitor. It's a, like a 50-inch TV or maybe more, maybe a 55. Um, like an old TV. Not old, old, but it's a flat screen, you know, 1080p and all that. But um, it's an LG. It's got like a, a little, um, uh, like a, a refresh rate or like a, it's got a, like a thing that speeds it up to like 120 hertz. Um, so basically I'm just running on a big monitor, but it's a TV, but everybody, I've had people that I've raced with on iRacing before, uh, come over to my house and try it and be like, this is no different than my, uh, you know, whatever Hertz monitor they've tried it on. That's comparable to this. Nice. Okay. All right. That's probably a little weird. 
So I was looking at your uh, iRacing profile and uh, seeing what you guys, what you're running. And, you know, are you running official? Are you running league? Are you running hosted? We obviously know you're running the Peak Series and you're doing a lot of work for that. But what else are you running? Uh, obviously Peak. I run, um, I'll run a A Open every now and again. Uh, but I don't really run too much consistently because of Peak. You know, I, I kind of try to focus on that as much as possible. Um, I have a second account that uh, I run on just to have some fun and relax, like, you know, to race in a bit of a relaxed environment. Because obviously when you get to, you know, near the level I'm at, racing on your main account becomes a little stressful in anything under A class because, um, you know, obviously our, our license uh, class is a little harder to keep uh, up. So if we lose our license, it's it's a little more difficult to get it back um, if we were to drop down to an A class, um, you know, through incidents or something. Um so more than anything, really, what I've run lately is the uh, street stock or national car. Um, those are those are really fun cars, and you know that's something a lot of the new guys in the service get to race on. And uh, and uh, going back down to it, honestly, I can tell you those are probably the more fun cars to run on the in the in the in the service. But uh, but yeah, that's about it, really. Just just the national car and the street stock. Some when I'm on my second account, but on my main account, pretty much just peak and A open when the uh, you know when peak is going to the track that A opens up. All right, very good. Your uh, winning percentage overall in oval has been eight point three percent. That's pretty darn good. Uh, I rating six oh seven six, which is a bit lower than some of the guys you're actually competing with. It seems like is, is that a factor at all, or, or when you get to that level, the number doesn't matter anymore? What do you think about that? Uh, I would say at this level, number isn't quite as important. Like like, like I said, I don't race as much um, official stuff anymore, and usually when I do, I I pretty much gain I rating almost every time. Um, but, uh, in the peak series as well, like it's a, it's more elite. Like it's it, the, you know, when you get into pro and, and peak and stuff like that, and if you can kind of stay in that zone, um, your I rating isn't as important cause you don't need to make a top split or something like that, or like a crazy high I rating split. Right. Um, so you can kind of just, uh, you know, race along and you'll stay roughly wherever, wherever you end up. I mean, if you're running bad every race, you're going to drop, but, um, I've I've stayed around 6k um, in peak and uh, and having to run pro one year. All right. So uh, tell us what's your preferred car number and why. Um. Uh, my preferred car number would be 28 because uh, ever since I was uh, I started racing quarter midgets in real life when I was uh, nine years old, and uh, the first car that my grandparents bought me uh, to race was a uh, a little uh, NJ race car and it had a number 28 on it. Um, and ever since then, every car I've ever raced has been number 28 cause I've always taken the number and put it on it. Um, and, uh, I kind of, whenever I was, I was a kid growing up, I actually had, I think the reason they picked the number 28 was cause I had like a, um, I think it was a, a Davy Allison or, or, or Ricky Rudd, uh, blanket that I used to sleep, sleep on when I was a little kid. And, uh, it had his number 28 car, Haviland car on it. So, um, but, uh, that was, so it that sticks. Was, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty much the the reason. Twenty eight. I I'm I'm kind of represented that number since I was like a little kid. So. All right. Well, these days you're in the nineteen uh, brigade esports, uh, and so brigade uh, esports. Tell us how that started and how you got involved with them. Uh, it wasn't at the initial uh, um, draft, right? Correct. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Um. Okay. So uh, how it got started? Uh. Just to break it down and and try to 
you know, make it as short as possible. Uh, one of my friends um, uh, that I raced with uh, could tell they had, they had reached out to him about maybe, uh, you know, getting involved with him, but he already had uh, someone involved with him. So uh, he recommended uh, myself and uh, they reached out to me. And uh, of course, as you can imagine, I was excited um, to get to work with them. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're great. It's, uh, it's probably been one of the more pleasing experiences I've had working with anyone on, uh, you know, as far as sponsored team, stuff like that. Like it's, it's been really great. Uh, uh, Zen Daniel, the guy who's, uh, um, the owner and in charge is, is a, a great guy. I talk to him almost daily on, uh, on discord, uh, just communicating back and forth about stuff. And he, uh, they never fail to pick me up when I'm, I'm down or had a bad race or something like that. So it's pretty great. Okay, cool. And so you were running as an independent until they picked you up, right? Correct. And, and you know, by our racing's, uh, you know, technical logic, I'm still an independent, but, uh, but, I, but I run under the Brigade Esports uh, banner. Um, so, uh, you know, the way the Peak Series works, you have official teams and unofficial teams. Um, I'm technically on NX, which is an unofficial team, but Brigade is my sponsor slash team, right. uh, you know, however you want to think of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I represent them in the Peak Series and, and uh, you know, it's it's been nothing but great so far all right very good uh what would you say is your most memorable iRacing moment so far um hmm i think probably winning the the daytona 500 that was that was really great that came at a time when i needed it so uh definitely winning the daytona 500 it may have been second split and that's fine for whoever wants to hate on that but um but yes i that was really cool winning it i got pushed to the wind by my buddy uh steven azini or azini i i haven't talked to him in so long i can't remember how to pronounce his last name because it was really hard at the time but um but yeah he pushed me to the wind and uh yeah that was really cool that was the most memorable for sure yeah, Daytona 500 is nothing to, to chalk up about. That's a, a, a great win. All right, very good. Uh, tell us about um, what do you have, uh, what would you tell an upcoming racer who's uh, thinking about getting into Road to Pro or who is already in the Road to Pro? You know, how do they step to that next level where you're at? Um, so road to pro, uh, you know, those guys have a pretty long season and um, you have to perform pretty well. Um, but the main thing is just be, um, be smart, try to, try to, you know, try to make, make sure you're finishing every race without a damaged car. Um, try to race everybody as clean as you can. Uh, you know, don't make enemies out there driving like a, you know, a tool. You don't want to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy. So, um, just, uh, try to be smart and, but also you're going to have to have a little speed. So, you know, uh, I haven't run Road to Pro myself because uh, I made it back when it was uh, NIS Open got you into Pro, um, but but I would imagine it would still work about the same as what I did in Pro. Just try to be consistent, try to uh, you know get a top twenty every race if you can. Um, try to uh, you know not cause problems for other people. Be the you know be the guy that you would want to race against. So. Um, that's the best advice I can give them and be fast. <laughs> it's interesting. You mentioned, uh, NIS open was the feeder, uh, back then. Uh, what do you think about NIS now as far as prestige and, you know, it's not the feeder anymore, but I mean, do you know, should those people still run NIS? I mean, is that a good place to try to simulate what, what's going on a peak? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Honestly, uh, some of the longer races um, are a little tough, but those used to be a lot of fun to run. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend still running it. It's a, it's a great place. A lot of great guys run it, uh, especially in the top split. Um, it, it's a it's a great place to learn how to deal with longer races, learn how to strategize for longer races. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 just a good place too. Usually, people try to play it maybe a little smarter sometimes in the NIS Open because it feels like you know you get in it and you're like, all right, this is going to be a longer race. I've waited all week to run it. I'm not going to go in here and be an idiot. Um, Ideally, <laughs> that right. doesn't always happen, but, uh, you know, so I, yeah, I would definitely recommend still running it. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm running NIS fix tonight, the 600 it's full distance. So it's going to be uh, four and a half hours. Chris, how long was your race yesterday? I actually didn't run yesterday because of the length. <laughs> right. I think those guys reported their finishes like at four hours and 40 minutes later or something. Whew. Yeah. yeah, that's rough. That's rough. That's, you know, see, I've run that before. And, and uh, yeah, the full distance races, those are pretty, especially that one. That one was by far the most sore and just exhausted I've been by the end of the race uh, out of any race I've ever run. Um, that one was rough. But if you can run that whole race and and finish it, even on the lead lap, you, you did incredibly good. Because that is probably one of the hardest races there is to run. Uh, on the series, the, the Coke 600 full distance is just insane. Yeah, it's not my favorite to do, actually, but I, I do it because I want the points because I'm running for points. So, But, uh, well, thank you, Casey Tucker, for coming on. Uh, let, tell us about, you know, how do people keep in contact with you on social media? Can, are you on Twitch? Are you streaming? Are you on Twitter? What's the deal? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, Casey underscore Tucker, I believe, is my Twitter. Um, I have to say, I believe, because I don't use it as much as I should. Uh, yeah, Casey underscore Tucker is my Twitter. You can look me up on Facebook, Casey Tucker. Uh, if you like memes, I post a bunch of them. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Twitch, I stream at Casey28 uh, underscore NPAS, I believe. Uh, N-P-A-S, back when that was the anagram for it. Um, I made the name, and I need to update it, but uh, I just haven't gotten the option for it yet. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can catch me on, uh, any of those social media. I have an Instagram as well. It's Casey Tucker 28. Uh, I post a lot of drift car stuff on there. So if you like drifting or, or, uh, tuner cars, uh, you can definitely look me up on there. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I can think okay. of. Okay. And who is your team? You know, Casey Tucker, I mean, who's building your sets? Who's your spotter? I mean, it takes a, a, a few people to make this work, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, right now, I work with uh, NX Racing, and our main setup guy is Jarl Tien, and uh, he is a genius. He drives for the G2 Sim Racing guys, um, and he uh, he got drafted uh, early in the season. Him and uh, him and Keegan are on the same team, and uh, yeah, Jarl is a Jarl is a, a an absolutely insane human being when it comes to being able to find speed in a setup. Um, and without him, honestly, I wouldn't be able to run as good as I've run in the past, you know, couple of years, any race that I've ever had a good race, it's pretty much just been him, uh, you know, making me look good. So, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's the setup guys that really do the most. Um, and, uh, he's definitely one of the guys that I can't think enough for, for putting in the work and, and making us fast. Um, but, uh, NX and then also the guys at slip angle, we work with them some too. And it's, uh, they're great to work with, uh, as well to help, you know, with this new arrow package, you have to kind of test in a, 
in a group setting and it, it helps more than anything to have, you know, other guys to feed off of and, and learn with. So, so there's that. All right. Very good. Um, you have a, some good teammates there to help you out for, for sure. Um, a bunch of good, good, good group group there, uh, you got. So let's get into, uh, iRacing news, but first talk about our Sim, Sim Racing Authority. We do sponsor their Sunday night Xfinity series. Uh, they are a league SRA. Uh, Bobby Zelinski, last week's guest, actually wins the Sim Racing Authority iRacers Lounge podcast series race at Interlagos, Brazil. Uh, congratulations, Bobby. Um, they are accepting drivers still over there at Sim Racing Authority. And uh, I think Bobby called it on our show that he was going to win that. So pretty cool. Huh. That's cool. That's well, hopefully I, I can, I can, you know, actually wasn't that, that that was last week's cut uh, race, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. It, yeah. Did they skip because of the, maybe that's okay. So they skipped. So I'm reading last week, week's race, right? Duh. All right, well, let's talk about Peak. They did run uh, the Charlotte 200. Uh, it was pretty cool leading up to it. They, a few teams put on patriotic uh, pa uh, schemes, and uh, it was kind of neat to see the stars and stripes and the red, white, and blue and all that coming out for the Coke 600 uh, race, uh, at least with some of the Peak guys. Uh, we did get a preview video as well, and uh, but Chris Sherborn on the pole, uh, um, and some for some reason Diaz and Novak start on pit road. I didn't quite figure that out. Uh, any insight, Casey, on that? Uh, yeah, I can let you know that um, Phil actually loaded the setup with the wrong tape on it, and uh, he didn't realize it until just before uh, uh, the race. Because uh, I'm on a I'm on a team with uh, Phil as well. I forgot to mention him, and yeah, he he loaded the wrong he loaded the right setup, but he had the wrong tape on it, and uh, he realized it too late, and he missed the start. All right, very good. Uh, Lehi and Shearburn battle for the lead early. It kind of looked like Talladega, especially after the restarts. Um, there was a rec lap eight, uh, no, no caution. Uh, Luza and Bias involved. Uh, by uh, lap 20, everyone was single file. Uh, cars kind of broke into smaller packs. Uh, caution, uh, lap 35. Casey, it was you. <laughs> Tell us what happened. Oh, man. That's one I would really love to forget. Um I got loose, so uh, I don't know if any of you know your listeners and yourselves have run Charlotte too much this week, but um, if you're not careful coming out of turn four, if you don't straighten your wheel up, um, the car can snap out from under you real quick. Like, it, you don't have a whole lot of time to react to it. So um, I was racing with Matt Busa, and um, it was either Busa or Schoenberg because their cars are so like. But I was racing with Busa and someone else, and they were side by side behind me, and Busa was almost to my inside. So I was obviously pushing really hard, trying to stay ahead of him to, you know, keep in front of him out of the corner. Um, and uh, I kind of was focusing on out of my mirror and didn't realize I had a little bit of wheel in it. And when I did, it snapped around, uh, went into the infield. And um, again, if, if you drive these cars much, you know that um, if you let off while you're, or at least for, in my experiences, if you let all the way off while you're in the infield, um, and you hit a bump or something, you're, you're, and if you're on the brakes, your, your wheel speed will stop, uh, and your rear tires will lock up, and uh, when it lands, sometimes it'll take off to the right or to the left and send you to the inside wall, to the outside wall, so one or the other. Um, so I kind of try to keep my uh, foot a little bit on the gas to keep it, keep it kind of pointed straight, and I was really hoping it wasn't as bumpy as, as it was, 
Um, the first bump I hit, I thought, all right, I'm okay. Um, I'm just gonna ride it out to the, to the, you know, to the exit of the grass, and then I'll I'll merge back on the apron and I'll be okay. Um, and then I hit where the road course is, and that is a lot of banking, and it launched my car in the air. <laughs> and um, after that, I was just a passenger. I tried to um, I tried to spin it into the to the to the left. Um, and, uh, I cranked the wheel hard left. And, uh, as, as I did that, the car kind of started to bounce back up in the air. So pretty much nothing happened. It did turn a little bit, but not as much as, you know, it usually would have. So I, that was basically all muscle memory, just trying to hang on to it. Cause I was bouncing all over the place. Uh, so I tried to spin left and it didn't react fast enough, but I already kind of committed to turning back right. Um, to like try to keep it from spinning into the inside wall. I just kind of wanted to spin it left and slide, you know, do a lazy slide down the down the um, down the apron. But uh, whenever I turned back right, the car, the rear of the car landed, and as soon as it did, it turned hard right, right up in front of uh, hard right. <laughs> yeah, really hard right, right up in front of Logan Cress and uh, Phil Diaz, my teammates. Who uh, you know, I can't apologize enough to those guys. It was just a really dumb mistake. And uh, thinking about it now, I should have just stomped on the brakes as soon as I um, hit that first bump and locked it up and parked it in the infield. But uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I. Well, um, it's different I made a... too with this new track because it's not grass, right? Yeah, it's astroturf. So, right. like I said, I thought I had a little more um, smoothness and grip than I did. Uh, and I thought I could just ride it out, but it really didn't work. And um, I ruined a couple of guys' races for it. And, uh, you know, that's 100% on me. Uh, and I could not feel any worse about it, believe me. It happens. Uh, you know, people getting loose off four. I think, David, you had that problem this week already. Uh, but it, it happens. And when you get down in that infield, it's bouncy because of all the infield stuff for the road course. And there's no grass, so there, it doesn't slow you down. And... I was saying when I when I saw it, Casey, I was like, "Why didn't he just turn left and lock it down?" You know, I think I said that, but I, I see what you're trying to do after you exp explain it. There is a good video of it on Twitter at uh, Brigade GG uh, at, at the Brigade Esports Twitter handle. They put up a little uh, video of the incident, so you could see it. All right, uh, that was uh, Logan Cress was involved in that uh, as well. Uh, caution at lap 68, Nathan Lyon gets wrecked as Davies loses the handle off the corner. Uh, Sherburn back in the lead. Uh, lap 74, there was another caution. Ottinger spins through the field and collects Vincent. Alfala got loose underneath Ottinger. Uh, caution lap 101, Cook tries to take it three wide on Duvall and spins him. Uh, Sherburn dominating the mid-race, but Zelensky and Novak overcome after lap 100. Track must be changing. Uh, Novak came down from, came back from one lap down there. Now, a, a next caution was lap 130. Alfala got turned by Kerwin on the backstretch. Big damage. Uh, I mean, they're going straight, and uh, Radis goes left. And he was pushing him, and it just kind of hooked the wrong way or something. It wasn't intentional, but it was just one of those deals. Yeah, that was that was rough. I uh, I watched that. Uh, personally, I was watching Ray at the time. And, yeah, it's that's easy to do. Um with the way the rear bumpers are and the front bumpers are on the cars nowadays, um, you push just a little bit off to the left the wrong way. And, uh, and, uh, I can, you know, we were, we maybe had missed it a little bit, um, you know, as far as straight line speed with the car. And, uh, yeah, whenever Casey went to push him, he had a big run on him and he pushed him on his left rear and it just instantly turned him. So that's one thing you got to be really careful with on the cup car.
Yeah, and, and Ray can't buy a piece of luck if he wanted to. I mean, no. he just had a tough year. Sorry, Ray. Really bad. Uh, another caution. Seven laps later, Schoenberg, Cook, and several others get caught in Jarl T and spins by himself. Shelton had a great sh- uh, save. Uh, Luza takes control after. Uh, caution lap 150. Conti gets turned by Shearburn into three. Vincent hits him after Conti rolls back up the track. Uh, there was some aggressive side drafting going on. And and three wide down the front stretch at, Sh- at Charlotte is tough. It looks tough. Oh, yeah. I can confirm. It's very, very tough. Um, it's 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 almost wide enough. You know, it tricks you into thinking it's wide enough. But um, with the dog leg, it's just, oof, man, that's hard. Uh, and so I hope get, we don't do that in the 600. But Yeah. You got to do a lot of compromising to make it out of that unscathed. Yeah, and you guys were pulling it off last night. It was very fun to watch uh, after the restarts. Uh, I'm kind of glad there was sporadic cautions uh, so we could see that happening. But um, you know what? Uh, you know, I felt bad for Zach Novak in the Roush Fenway uh, 6 uh, Oscar Meyer Wiener car. Uh, I mean, he was up front slaying them, but then he started blinking really bad. I mean, really bad blinking, like completely disappear, and then he's in the next lane, you know. And, the, you know, iRacing did the right thing and black flagged him from the lead during green flag running uh, for a connection issue. And he eventually did pull off on the back stretch and, and pulled to the back. But uh, tough break for Zach after being up front like that and, and kicking ass. And, uh, and I don't think I've ever seen, you know, a situation like that where they black flag the leader for connections. Yeah, that's a new rule they have. If you start blinking, um, you're, you're, you have to get to a safe location uh, is what they say in the thing, or they will black flag you. Um, with Zach, man, I felt extra bad for him because he was, uh, was kind of stuck in the middle or on the high side when he started blinking, and he had a bunch of cars behind him, so there was almost nothing he could do because you're not lifting at that stage, so you're just wide open the whole time almost. Um, and then once he finally did get to the bottom, he said, you know, he came over the radio and said, all right, guys, I'm going to pull low on the backstretch next lap and uh, get out of the way and go to the back. And um, before he actually made it back around, they black flagged him. So I thought that was really rough and I didn't necessarily agree with it. But, you know, it's, uh, the officials are going to officiate and they got to do their thing and make their best judgment calls. And uh, yeah, so. Well, they black from, flagged him and put him to the rear. From my perspective as a viewer, I think it was warranted because it was making me nervous just watching it. You know, I was like, oh, shit, he's going to wreck them all. You know, we don't want, you know, that would be horrible if a blinker that's leading wrecked all the leaders, you know, and that's kind of what it looked like was going to happen. It was, it was ugly. Uh, so I'm glad that they did it. I thought it was the right thing. But uh, sorry to Zach about that. You know, that's a tough break. Leahy and Luza battled it out after that and Leahy got him you know and then after actually stretched the the lead um and pulled away and got his first win of the season so congratulations uh uh, Leahy uh finally wins after getting so many different second place finishes and running top three I think in almost every race Uh, he's had some crazy runs this this year so uh congratulations to him uh we had a nice race uh, remix video put out today uh, about the uh, race. Uh, that was fun to watch, uh, kind of a highlights. Uh, there was a nice article at iRacing.com about Keegan uh, winning on that final restart. Um, 
and kind of a nice little write-up. But uh, I always enjoy enjoy watching uh, Nick Nibon, uh, Nibon, who uh, has a YouTube channel, Nibon, B-O-N-5. Uh, he is a spotter for uh, somebody in the, the 42, I think Dylan Duvall. Uh, and I like to watch his videos that he puts up. Uh, he puts up the video of him spotting the race. Uh, from above and it's kind of an interesting viewpoint to follow a particular driver throughout the race and I actually put it up and was just kind of watching it while I was doing some other stuff and uh, man every time on those restarts man that three wide stuff was making me crazy <laughs> yeah us as drivers we, we're not uh we're not really huge fans of it but but uh it does happen and it's pretty exciting for the fans so uh, you know this this package we have right now kind of it uh it almost makes that inevitable almost every week uh if we're at a mile and a half to to get three wide at some point and uh it's always very uh very edgy for for sure right all right uh let's keep moving david world of outlaws were at the dirt track at charlotte yeah there's a nice post to the video um and it was an exciting final spent the World of Outlaws, it's the NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Championship Series. It features the best drivers that drive the 410 Sprint Car. Um, and we have a first-time winner. Not only was it his first win for Hellman uh, in the series, but he also prevented Alex Bergeron from locking up the series championship a week early and it ensured that there will be a battle at least uh, until the final heat races go at Knoxville next week. Bergeron, who won at Charlotte last year in the 2018 season, uh, he qualified surprisingly low at 13th, and uh, Cole Cabre scored the pole for Swindell Speed Lab. Uh, Bergeron's closest title rivals, Hellman and James Edens, sorry, they each won their Edens. They they each won their heats, Um, and as we watched. I watched it. Bergeron got up close, but I, I, I believe he did hit the tag wall fairly late uh, and then faded again. Uh, man, dirt racing, dirt racing it's, it's such a different monster. Yeah, Alex is obviously going to win the championship. He'll lock it up next time for sure. I'm, um, rumor is we might be getting Alex on the, on the podcast as a guest in the near future, guys. So look out for that. Greg, talk about uh, Porsche Carrera Cup Brazil. So the Porsche Cup Brazil uh, is presenting the Virtual Motorsports Championship, uh, the Porsche Esports Carrera Cup Brazil. Uh, The concept is to bring the atmosphere of virtual motorsports racing as close as possible to the uh, reality of the racetrack. Uh, Not surprisingly, select competitors of the Porsche E. Uh, Esports Carrera Cup Brazil will be awarded a driving school uh, experience in the real Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. Uh, In order to fulfill the uh, complete experience of the virtual real world, Um, the initiative is sponsored by the CBA or the Brazilian Automotive uh, Confederation, which will give Porsche Esports Carrera Cup Brazil sports authorities full access uh, to the control towers of the Porsche uh, Imperial, Imperial Carrera Cup race, uh, providing uh, interaction with official commissioner of the race director. In the way the criteria 
criteria of judgment of the real world or application application of the rules in the virtual environment will be commonly shared. That's pretty cool. So, so they got the real Porsche sanctioning body calling the simulated races. Yeah, so this is a new, obviously a new thing that's starting up here so that you can compete to uh, get a ride in a cup car. Yeah, basically. That's pretty and then cool. It says there's uh, a chance, uh, what it's saying here is uh, there's a initiative for a VIP experience and a $300 ticket for the sixth round of the season at the 21st of September at Interlago. So I'm guessing that's for the winner. Yeah. So uh, pretty cool if you're in Brazil, uh, get involved in that. Uh, they have their own little thing, uh, their own little championship. Um, kind of neat, I thought, that the sanctioning body of the real uh, race car uh, situation with the Porsches there, they're actually going to be uh, doing the rules for the sim as well. All right. Just, an, uh, just another thing to show that, uh, you know, these these governing bodies are starting to understand where the money can be made. Right. All right, Chris, uh, we got some new specifics about the June build. Yeah, Mason's not here to defend himself tonight, but I'm going to murder him for giving the, the most illiterate guy on the team this giant topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, staff member Greg West uh, posted an update on the build, and um, it's looking good. We have the, the Lucas Oil Off-Road Pro Trucks. Uh, members are getting two trucks for the price of one, eleven ninety-five. He said, for those of you wondering, yes, they are completely different trucks with completely different attitudes. 700 horses under your hood, under your foot on dirt is a giggling good time. Watch for a teaser coming later this week. I guess that answers your question, Mike. You, you said you thought that uh, these things looked like they had a lot of power. And oh, yeah. That is a lot of power <laughs> for yes, such a light truck. Uh, we're and then like both getting... tracks uh, are also going to be available at 11.95 each. So there's yeah, two like tracks driving. to go with it. It's like yeah, driving well, a cup car. Yeah, on power dirt, wise, the old one. Cut they car actually with get twice around the profile. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Wild West Motorsports Park and Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park. Um, both of these tracks will be eleven ninety five. I think we've seen bits and pieces of those in videos. Those both look like a lot of fun. We're getting a new Silverstone. This will be a new track for fourteen ninety five. However, whoever purchased the existing Silverstone in the last twenty four months will receive a credit of fourteen ninety five. The existing Silverstone will be made a free track and granted to everyone. Uh, we'll be getting the new uh, Mustang. Um, this is going to be an all-new car for $1,195. However, whoever purchased the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Ford Fusion in the last 24 months will receive a credit of $1,195. Additionally, the Ford Fusion and the, the Chevy SS do not go away and will be available to be raced with last year's package and hosted sessions. Cool that they were keeping the V6 car. Uh, that's pretty neat. And they're also, and, they put a video out of Silverstone that looked kind of cool. They put out a preview video. And I, I really like how they, they, I've only been around for a couple of years, but I'm pretty impressed with how iRacing, um, you'll get the, you'll get that credit if uh, you've bought the car. And I, you know, I would expect maybe six months, but going back all the way to two years, that's, that's pretty awesome of them because, you know, it's not, it's not free for them to develop these cars. I wish I knew when I bought Silverstone. I guess I'll find out. Well, the thing is, is too, I think it's two years is because of the amount of times that you go to the tracks. Like if you say, uh, if you did six months, you might have only raced that track 
once or twice in a, that week because then it might not come back to it for a while. That's I think the reason they give two months for some of the content is just the fact that you know you haven't you don't use it much for track wise. I don't know why they do it for car like a, a cup car is one thing you probably use it all the time, but tracks is I think they do it is good with the tracks with over two years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You might just drive the track once or twice a year. We are so, also yeah. Go ahead. And we're also uh, going to be getting a new Camping World Chevy Silverado. Uh, this truck simply replaces the existing Silverado. The existing truck goes away, and whoever owned the old truck will no own the new truck. Um, same goes for the NASCAR Well-End Tour car and the modified SK. Those are both going to be replaced with new cars, and the old cars just go away. And the Delara IR18 it will be getting the advanced frontal protection device which uh, we missed for the Indy 500, but it'll be available in the new build. That's the Halo thing? No, that's... See, the, I, think, I believe the, uh, they're working with a, an actual screen that's like a, a see-through screen where the oh, Halo... Like a windshield. Yeah, it'll be a windshield, but that's... Apparently, it's either a year away or... It, they might be next year, but it might be... The, it's probably going to be the following year that they bring it out. So what is this yeah. thing that... I was trying to find that out in the meantime because I... It, it's kind of weird how they named it, um, but advanced uh, frontal protection. It's basically a windshield. I think it's just a little lip, like you know, on like a. Uh, oh, I just googled it. Okay, so what it is is it's a little thing that looks almost like a mirror, but it's right in the center, in front of your face. And the idea is, if a spring, you know, is flying at your face, that thing would deflect it. So it's just a stopgap until they get the windscreen. Yeah. It's just a little thing that sticks up in your face. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be something in our face. I wish we could not have it. <laughs> All right, and then note on the Silverado, uh, they're replacing the old Silverado. So in the cup cars, they keep the old cup cars, and there's different versions of the cup cars. But with the Silverado, they're literally going to replace the old one. The old one goes away, and there's only the new one. If you own the old one, you now have the new one. So they're doing that a little different. I think the reason they're doing that is because they're not planning on probably splitting it up like they have with the, like, eventually you're going to have yeah. the unrestricted cup cars because you'll have probably, there'll probably be a new Toyota at some point that'll come out in the next couple of years. So you have all three of the Chevy, the Ford and Toyota, the old ones can have their own racing uh, division. And then the new ones have the NIS and all the A series stuff. I think that's what is the reason they're doing that. But with the trucks, it's just they don't scan. They probably won't be scanning them very often. And uh, the same thing with the modified. They're, it's a full replacement on the modified. Yeah, and there were some people on the forums that um, weren't too happy about those cars completely going away, especially the Silverado, because there's still people in real life that are racing the old one. And uh, I don't think uh, there's some question as to whether or not your replays would work if the old trucks were completely gone. Um, but I don't know. I I can see I can see people coming from that way, but at the same time, I don't want to have 90 versions of cars on the sim. It gets confusing enough sometimes, you know, just right. making sure you're picking the right car for the right track. Yeah, with the cup cars, you're talking about a huge difference. Different between package, right? The current package, whereas you're talking about basically just a slightly updated Silverado truck. It's basically a different nose. Yeah, oh. and there were some um, other questions on the, the forum post. Um, someone asked if uh, the new Silverstone includes the Stowe and Rallycross circuits, and um, Greg West posted that at this time, that it's just going to be uh, Silverstone. 
Um, also, um, Alexander Horn um, posted a, a first look at the new track um, that you can check out on that, that same forum thread. Yep. And then we heard from uh, none other than the founder of iRacing, Dave Kamer, about the tire, V7. Guess what? Hashtag soon. It's not going to be in the new build. Uh, but they are uh, changing up what uh, they were did to the v the Skippy car, and they're going to put it back the way it was. Uh, they're still having trouble with the tire. Um, and so they're, yeah, it's still going to be updated on the, on the Skippy only, at this point for the new build it won't be on any other car yeah and i was um kind of confused here um by uh, Ke uh keegan Leahy um asked a question on the forums he wanted to know on that subject of the the new tire they mentioned that in the june build we might see that tire roll out to a few other cars and he asked will those changes that they have made to the the v7 tire for the skippies will they roll out to the few other cars as as they are ready or do we need to wait for three bucks for those changes and um dave kamer his in his response he kind of made it sound like there weren't any other cars coming out in the right the june bill from That's what i read, I read that. yeah and yeah so i'm a little confused there i guess we'll just wait and see yeah, I'm not going to read what he wrote, Dave Kamer, because every time you read it, you have to be like a scientist to try to interpret what he's saying. But it has to do with molecules and the way that the rubber does this and that. And uh, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. But yeah, but they're you, working on it. <laughs> yeah, hashtag soon. <laughs> and you know, by the stuff that he posts, it seems like what we are getting is just kind of insane. You know, considering we're all sitting around wake, uh, racing fake cars, it just seems like they're putting a ton of work into making this thing you know, even more awesome. Yeah. It's not and, just a tire. <laughs> uh, the other thing that came up is uh, new night lighting at Oval Tracks will be coming for Chicagoland, Homestead, and Darlington. So uh, three more tracks with lights. Well, and that's what they need, right? Because those are the tracks that are going to be left to run from to transition NIS. from day to night, right? Right. Oh, so. <laughs> I hope we don't get a nighttime at those tracks for a peak that would that would suck that, day, that's daytime. why they're bringing them out oh no <laughs> i don't know if they're doing that uh, isn't the peak schedule already set as far as time of day uh well you know they've been known to change stuff up on that's us, so. true i uh i don't know and i haven't actually looked at the time of day for those tracks because tradition traditionally obviously they've always been day races but um yeah, I don't know. I hope not though, because night night racing always just it's extra extra grippy, and you don't get to drive the cars as much. So I don't the the less night night races the better. But Charlotte actually wasn't so bad as I thought it would be when it got dark. Right. What'll be interesting is to see you guys maybe you know Darlington transition from day to night would be interesting, and then yeah. Homestead transitioning from the at late afternoon into night would be a really interesting one as well. Yeah, those would both be really cool. And I would have actually probably liked them a little bit better on the previous aero package, but this aero package, it just seems like it gets a little more Daytona-y whenever, um, whenever the lights go down. But, uh, you know, maybe it'll be better. Maybe just maybe I'm just doom and gloom. You won't get a complaint from me. I like that old package, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, David, BMW Lamar. 
So BMW has kind of started trying to still play out of Porsche's playbook. Uh, iRacing and BMW are announcing that uh, there's going to be a BMW 120 at Le Mans. It's going to take place on May 26th at 1 or 1300 GMT. That's 9 a.m. Eastern. And it's featuring the big boy BMW M8. It's a single main team event. And there will be uh, it will be a two-hour extended sprint. The top split winners, there's some nice prizes. The um, we'll receive a 2X BMW M Motorsports VIP tickets for the Le Mans 24 hour. That would be, oh, that would be nice. Um, yeah, it includes the event ticket. I'm, I'm not going to go down to, uh, through this entire list of they give, details, they, but they it's, bring it's a you full for package. the whole weekend. Yeah. yeah they, bring, they bring it in for. Additionally, one random split winning team will receive a club sport BMW G2 two steering wheel as well as a $50, $50 in iRacing credits. Uh, there is a driver change required to qualify and to make it feel like Le Mans. And there's also some questions regarding the time slot. However, the circumstances dictated, that's when they had to run it. They really just couldn't find another spot. So it's going to be hosted on the EU servers, and they hope that doesn't catch anybody by surprise. Okay. That's uh, steering wheel and credits for a random split. Uh, a, a random split winning team. Okay, so the top uh, te- top split team they get to go to Lamar, and then uh, wow, that is awesome! What a what a nice package. So May twenty sixth. Uh, when is that? So Gregory, are we buying a BMW? Uh, twenty sixth is That's Saturday Sunday. or Sunday. Sunday morning. So. I no, we'll be running the we'll be doing NIS probably. I was gonna be that'll be that'll be uh, trying to recover if something goes bad from Friday night's NIS. Well, I think that's why they were talking about the times because everybody's doing all these other races and uh, it's such a busy time of the day because uh, you're watching the Monaco Grand Prix and and all that as well. I was gonna say it's not a great weekend to put it on. Right, could have. If anything, why wouldn't you put it Saturday afternoon maybe? Or something like that, but I guess isn't this week the uh, the other Enduro, endurance race? Enduro Le Mans is going this week, so that it can get out. Yeah, of the like I was just hour, gonna yeah. say, it's really hard to fit that in here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they, they want to do out. it before the real Le Mans, probably. Yeah. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, Tony, uh, member racing highlights April. Yeah. Oh, this is. Uh... I guess you could call it a bonus episode. Looks like they had uh, lots of submissions, so they threw together uh, another highlight video for us. Um, and I'll be kind of honest, I, I think I liked it better than the original one. Um, lots of lots of good stuff happening there. Like right out of the gate, there's that uh, you know four wide in the trucks, and uh, I can't remember the fella's name, but it was his first win. And I gotta say, man, if you're gonna win for your first time. Uh, doing it in that fashion um, and then getting it, uh, you know, getting it shown on a highlight reel um, makes it pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. There were some good ones too, some really good racing. Um, yeah, I think they had 11 different ones instead of the normal top 10. I was going to say, this seems to be a theme of close finishes at the line. That's basically how a lot of them went. Well, the first video that they that they put out, like the actual top ten, was uh, you know it seemed like it was all wreck avoidance. So um, this is kind of on the flip side of that, right? I think Alexander heard us saying that it was a little lackluster. He's like, "I'll show you guys. I want to put this one up. I'm going to put eleven videos. It's going to be better <laughs> than the first." 
Well, he uh, he showed us, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I, yeah, like, I think I'm with you. I like this one a lot better than the original. Yeah, that's the iRacing YouTube page, guys. All right, Greg, uh, everyone's asking, does the IndyCar have a starter motor or not? See, this was a, a big topic in our Indy 500 because the pole sitter decided to, for some reason, shut his car off while he was under caution and couldn't get it started back up. So he had to tow it, and once he got back to pit road, it started again. So I guess um, they're saying on the forums that it, can, it would only start on pit road um so obviously he had to wait the in ours he had to wait for the um the tow time and then it finally started up once he was done um but uh apparently they are having problems duplicating the issues that people were having in the 500 because i saw the couple when the first 500s were going out this started becoming a problem with some of them not being able to start on pit road either this is a problem a lot of people reported the problem so it's not like a one-off person there were many, many people that this happened to. Yeah, there were multiple people in my race, and yeah, there was one that had uh, done what Greg had said, where he was trying to save fuel or something and shut it off on the track and couldn't restart it. And uh, a couple of guys that started on pit road at the beginning of the race and couldn't get their car started. There is something cha- something has changed with the behavior of the uh, push starting that you can do if you if you t- shut the engine off while you're coasting. Uh, if you have the anti-stall clutch aid running, and that you'll see the little blue arrow click up, and if it tends to get all the way up to the top, and you and I've noticed this in the Cup car, if at that point you can't get it to push start anymore in fourth gear, you have to pop it down into third. Yeah, iRacing's having trouble actually reproducing the issue, um, but they're aware of it and working on it and trying to figure out what's going on. All right, uh, Tony, uh, there was a write-up on Garrett Lowe. Yeah. Yeah, this was uh, right on NASCAR.com. Um, just uh, it's about Garrett Lowe talks about how he started i racing at 13 years old. Um, he actually started at the NASCAR Hall of Fame simulators. Um, this is uh, it started his, his dad got him like a, a year subscription to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and uh, so he's going there like on a weekly basis, uh, running those simulators. Um, said he even raced. Uh, and and beat Ty Dillon and uh, on those uh, Hall of Fame sims and uh, I guess Ty Dillon even uh, it asked uh, asked for Garrett's autograph. Um, kind of a neat little thing there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It goes on to say that uh, that Garrett had some help from Jeff Addison, who oversees the Hall of Fame uh, simulators to help build his own computer and and get it set up at home um now this if you sorry if you get to the end of this article it it uh goes into another neat little uh subject and that's you know going from sim to to real life and it, it says that he uh started racing bandoleros and and the legend cars and um apparently he he won two of his first four bandolero races um that he that he ever drove uh right. i mean jeez that's uh that's pretty damn good um yeah this kid's no slouch i mean he was in that ignite series as well for the kids last year that's but, right that's yeah. right 
Um, I kind of forgot about that, but I mean, still going, you know, we, we've seen this a lot. Um, I don't know if we've, we've seen it like where he just goes out and just starts winning right away. Um, you know, that's, that's something else. Obviously he's full of natural talent to begin with, but, um, pretty cool story. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, David week 11 super session is what? Where it's the Pro Mazdas at Spa, so go there and enjoy collecting one X's. Five hundred bucks in iRacing credits up for grab if you run on the Saturday in the Super Session. All you have to do is participate during the week. All right, uh, Chris, we had our All Star race, the iRacers Lounge All Star. Tell us what happened. Yeah, teammate Tony Rochette um, hosted a couple of races for us. Uh, had a lot of fun uh, in the NIS off week. Uh, race one, we had the old car, tomorrow car at Talladega. The cars were very fast and hard to handle in the 43-car field. Greg Hectus grabbed the pole, but it was Ryan Carwile running away with the win. Uh, race two was the cup cars at Charlotte, simulating the all-star rules. Our race was just as exciting as winner of the Talladega race. Uh, Ryan Carwile started on the pole, but would later get taken out. The race finished, saw the newest teammate, Jesse Gray, go door-to-door with former Tafosi wheelman Michael Morley. Morley edged out Jesse by a fender with a 0.006 difference. And great race for everyone that participated, and we'll have more hosted races in the future. And yeah, I had a front row seat for that finish, and man, that was close. They were battling door-to-door. Uh, well, that, that second race, it was we were was ganging fun. up on Mike a little bit there. <laughs> I, I was like, we, we can't let Mike win uh, in our own uh, hosted race here. So I was running uh, third. Chris, you were right behind me in fourth. And then we had Jesse in second. And uh, Jesse went up there. I said, I, I kind of was trying to race Mike, and I kind of slipped. And then Jesse, uh, he, I'm like, go get it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get it. And he did get up on the outside of Mike and almost beat him. I mean, it was probably eight inches was the difference. Yeah, if that, it was close. <laughs> yeah, like so they were they were door to door for laps. A lot of good clean racing out of both of them. It was it was fun. It was, and it was fun to race with some of our listeners out there. Thanks everybody for coming out and participating. Uh, it was fun. I think the second race was actually a little bit funner. Uh, the way that we were doing the stages and all that, it kind of worked out better. I don't know why. I think we learned a lot from the Friday night hosted and how to host one better for the next one. As far as it, the admin stuff. Yeah, it just didn't. The Friday night one didn't have any flow because we were so, I think the Friday afternoon comment about how long the room was open and stuff like that really kind of took the wind out of that race. And it just. Oh, we had a super long practice. Yeah. And it was just not the best uh the best night for it right it, it just didn't seem to work out race does bring up, it, it does think, bring up a real i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead david <laughs> it brings up a real issue with uh hosted races though that i wish they could do something about freeing up slots because i, I i'd love to have the two-hour practice if it didn't mean that we are only able to run 26 people at the end because so many people came came in and didn't stick around i wish there was a way to free those slots up after somebody was gone right well, and a lot of people came in for a couple of minutes like you're saying david and then they kind of left and then the nice thing was is we thought we were kind of worried we were only going to have half the slots open there and then half the people left but a lot of guys looked like they came in for a little bit left and then they wanted to come back and we're just waiting till the practice was over so it was a great race on friday night the the 
the Sunday one was a lot better. It was a great, it was a great practice as, as a team too, just to you know t- test out Charlotte, see how it was going. We learned a little bit of how to how to run the adminning for a race uh, a bit better, and uh, yeah, I I, and I enjoyed good both practice of them. running together. I mean that was I mean Chris and Jesse and I were all running right together, and it was just I mean it's good practice doing that too. Well, and as a team, not a lot of us ever get into rooms together more than maybe, I think, three or four is the max we've ever had in a race together. So when you can get the whole team together, it's nice to do that, too. That's what made that second race so much more fun for me is that we did get to race each other a lot. With that um, that first race on Friday, those the unrestricted cup car, I mean, you're really racing the track more than you can race each other because you're just white knuckling that thing, trying to keep it from spinning out. <laughs> oh yeah, that that is. Uh, I like how you guys wrote that he ran away with that win, but I finished right on the back of his bumper there. You were it was, you were hunting him down, weren't you? It was uh, it was not the uh, most comfortable. I I couldn't imagine the way that car would have felt with like, say like a, um, a motion rig because the way the car felt like it was always floating above the, 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 the track, like it, there's it's it's just, so fast. Yeah. It's so fast. And those tires heat up and then you feel like you're just going to spin out every time you go into the corner. Yeah. You really have to be up on the wheel there to drive that. Uh, Ryan was pulling away for a while, but you were hunting him at the end there. All right, let's keep uh, moving. Uh, Tim, the trucking legend of Online Sim Racing Network, has passed away. I bad news, guys. Tim McBray, excuse me, Tim McBrayer. Uh, we got new, uh, news that he has passed away. Uh, he was an announcer on the OSRN uh, network. Uh, the, excuse me, the OSR network. Uh, they actually did the broadcast for the SRA uh, Lounge, uh, iRacers Lounge Sunday night. Xfinity series, uh, as well as some of the other SRA league races. But uh, uh, I don't know Tim personally, uh, but uh, it's, it's always tough. And uh, a lot of people from the community uh, did uh, post on Facebook and Twitter and, and whatnot about Tim and, uh, and our condolences from the lounge to him and his family uh, out there. All right, uh, next we're going to jump right to hardware software. Uh, hardware software is brought to you by iPitting. iPitting makes it easier for you to keep track of your iRacing team's progress throughout the season with up-to-minute race results, point standings, and driver rankings for everyone in your team. iPitting.com. Greg, we got wheels announced finally for the SimuCube tube. Uh, So is it Martin Asher? I would guess it's Asher. Asher. Um, He's got... uh, it looks like he's got a whole bunch of plate designs that uh, wheels can amount to, or actual um, looks like F1 wheel style wheels that actually can be go into the sim cube too. Um, there's a whole bunch of different uh, ideas that they've got and pictures shown here of things that, um, like one of them, he's got a, a plate with buttons on it that has the whole cut or the whole mounts for you know, all kinds of different wheels that you can mount to it. Um, I know it's just a bunch of different options, I guess now for, uh, the SIM two or the SIM cube two. Um, so if you want to check out some of the stuff, you can go to www.asher-racing.com. Asher is A S C H E R. Yep. And, um, 
These are wireless, so they can they communicate via wireless with the base, and so that's why this is kind of like the preferred wheel or whatever. That's my understanding. But I'm glad I didn't wait for this particular product, just because the expense uh, that I'm kind of seeing with these and the base and everything else you need to make this work. Um, now there are other options. Uh, Brian Sohn from Penguin also put up uh, that he's got a wired uh, option that he puts together, which is a button plate that can plug to a regular wheel, or you bolt a regular wheel onto it, a real racing wheel, and it'll be, you know, a corded option. And so that can be a little bit less inexpensive. His website is penguin, penguinrc.com. So basically, these guys are both offering, like, plates that they have multiple options to. They're basically giving you the hub that mounts to the actual base and you can come up with your wheel that you would like to mount to that yeah so, they, so it looks like you're basically building your own wheel and button configuration and everything yeah there's another one uh sim racing uh he's actually put up a, a video here this week of a wheel plate review it's a wired option as well that you can he's got a regular omp uh, wheel bolted to it and uh, by looking at the video, man, the quality is awesome. I mean, the back even has carbon fiber on it. And yeah, this looks cool. Uh, there was another one. Uh, if, if you wanted to get an actual uh, Porsche 911 cup wheel, uh, somebody found one uh, for $560 over at demonspeedmotorsports.com. So you have to buy this, you know, button box things. And then you have to buy a real steering wheel to go with it or something comparable. And so that's where I'm talking about the cost. So you're starting at, so if you're looking at just getting the Porsche G3 T3 Cup one from Penguin, I don't know if it's just the plate or thing I'm trying to find out here, um, but that's $450 plus if you want to add the actual Porsche rim to it, you, you're looking at $1,000. Yeah, 1000 bucks right there. 1000 bucks for it. So That's not the base. That's just the wheel. That's a that's a pretty hefty. Uh, it looks like the actual. It does come with the uh, rim on this Porsche one on Penguin, but anyways, if you want to have a different rim, you know you you could be spending a pretty penny just for hub and wheel assembly. Yeah, and these are all for the Simu Cube Two, which is a new base that's available. There's three options out there. All right, uh, Chris, let's talk about Fanatec DD. Panels are now here by Derek Spears. Uh, yep, I was actually up on the script on a different topic. Second here. So we looked at these last week, but now they're actually uh, for sale. Um, so he's basically what he's done is he's just figured out what the plate, um, the bolt pattern is, and just adapted his plates to it. It looks like, and he's come up with some pretty quickly, which is really nice that you're not waiting a long time for a dash to come out. Right. And 295 per set, and it's a little pricey, but everything that um, Derek Spears comes out with, I mean, it's it's solid and awesome, so it's, it's probably worth the money. I'm wondering if anything with the direct drive, like, just knowing the way Fnatic works, I bet you the bolt pattern was the same as all their other stuff. A lot of their stuff is pretty close. Pretty cool looking button boxes. I mean, I would seriously consider this. 
But I just, they stick out so much to the left and the right. It would actually probably block where I put my keyboard. It would also block my view of my fourth monitor where I run Joel Real Timing. So I'd, I would have to redo my setup if I bought something like this. But boy, that is a lot of buttons. Yeah, now you if, could build. Wait, Tony. Sorry, Chris. Um, if you look, if you scroll down the page just a little bit, it's got a fitting template. So you can download and cut out uh, just out of paper or you know, transfer it to a cardboard so it's a little sturdier. Um, set it up and, and see what your distances are and ah. if you have to change anything, right? So it's yeah, a nice little good option. idea. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if you if you were starting off building a rig and you were I mean, you could build something around this because I mean the the button box is so good. I mean it's practically a dashboard. So Tony, it are is. you saying you can build me a button box for mine? Uh I possibly could. Not like this one though. Not like that. No, no. This no, is high quality is... stuff. Yeah. The uh, the the uh, high quality on the uh, the name the button uh, names looks pretty uh, good too. Is, does it meet your criteria there, uh, Tony? <laughs> the labels. No. S symmetry is for the birds, man. Actually, <laughs> there, there is just a little bit of uh, deviation in their alignment. Not quite enough for your taste, though. Yeah, I'm going to wait on something like this because I feel like the new wheel I bought is going to have more than enough buttons that I need, you know, even yeah. though this looks cool. I don't. I've got the F1 wheel and the Porsche wheel and really don't feel like I need buttons. And then on top of that, just like uh, our guest, I have the H pattern from Logitech with an adapter. So I've got all those extra buttons as well. All right. 295 bucks. So that's DerekSpearsDesigns.com. All right, I got this one. Uh, we got an update uh, about the spotlights, as they are called. Uh, this was that product we talked about from Midwest Simulations, where you put a, it puts a little light on each side of your monitor that can go, uh, that will light up when somebody's on the inside or outside. It's like a spotter visual tool. And so his update is he's now shipping to Canada. He changed his uh, storefront, so he has the ability to ship to the United States and Canada now. So if you're interested, you can go to Facebook and search Midwest Simulations. And I have I was a feeling... Really... Oops, sorry, go Tony. <laughs> I think we may... Excuse me. I think we may have been uh, possibly getting at the same thing there. I got a little excited when I saw that uh, he was finally able to ship... Uh, you know, up, up north to us here. Um, and, you know, if the, if the timing between iRacing releasing the pro trucks and the release of the Canadian shipment of these didn't coincide so closely, um, but I, I will be sending this guy some money. I want the, I want a pair of those. Yeah. He's been uh, selling a bunch of them. You know, I was, as soon as uh, he contacted us, I think the day after he listened to the podcast or somebody tipped him off that we uh, had talked about on the podcast and I had been back and forth with him about it and saying that I, we were interested in the product. But uh, two of the guys that were actually interested, you know, we, it was just a little bit disappointing that he wasn't shipping to Canada and he had informed me then that he was working on it at the time. So it was nice to see that, uh, you know, he just needed some time to get his shipping stuff sorted out. And uh, I might be sending him some money this, his way as well uh, to try these out. Yeah, he does have a website. It looks like MidwestSim.com. Uh, it says 40 to $50. It doesn't have a specific price, but 
It's just these little things, and you just stick them on each side of the monitor, and they light up when you have somebody on the inside or outside. I think that the difference between his prices is like the base one is without the six foot USB, and then the other price is with the six foot USB. Okay. Craig, we got a new product announced 8020 cockpit. Yeah, so uh, Northwest, uh, what is it? North, uh, North World Sims uh, has put up uh, a new 8020 cockpit here showing. Uh, what are they calling it? The Life, oops, sorry, the Life Titan, uh, Titan Premium Cockpit. Um, so it's uh, it's got basically it looks like a basic eighty uh, twenty rig. Um, it's got a pedal board uh, and a, a plate. It doesn't have obviously come with a seat um, from what we can see here, um, but it definitely uh, is an, another eighty twenty option. Uh, so it's. Um, this is from Spain, so it's eight hundred and sixteen euros. Yep, euros, eight hundred. Yeah, about eight hundred sixteen euros. Um, not. I kind of like it because it's up off the ground. He's got like feet on the bottom of it. That's kind of unique. I haven't seen an eighty twenty like that. But uh, yeah, another option for eighty twenty. This is from Spain. Uh, the website is northwsim.com. And they have an Instagram, and I follow their Instagram. And this is how I, 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 if you go to the Instagram page, guys, and it's North W Sim, their third picture back, they got a gold 8020. And I don't know if they just painted it gold or what, but it looks slick. I love that gold color. They also, it looks like they got black and then the traditional silver. But, uh, yeah, color options too. Okay, David, we got a Sim Lab Podium DD uh, mount available. Yep, I actually saw this in the messenger from Mason a few days ago and was pretty excited to see that because when you look at the original P1, it just has uh, either, it, it has a direct drive mount for front mounting, which is not really great with this particular drive. Uh, and then it, ha so the, the podiums were originally set to just go on top of their, their top mount or bottom mount, I guess you could say, but this shows a, uh, as you can see on the Instagram page, they've got side mount uh, for the direct drive podiums now, and that's what I plan on getting. I would, wow. uh, I would think that those are probably uh, side mounting a direct drive is a lot better than having it underneath, just because you've got two points of contact right. on either side rather than it just sitting on a base that it can twist off of. Two points <laughs> of contact and certainly more more stable, and you've got the top surface. And probably positioned better as well. Well, the other thing is, is when you're when it's rotating and you're it's putting torque on it, it's twisting from the bottom. So you could, when it's mounted on the bottom, you could you know shake it and start you know wiggling a screw loose or whatever. So I'm thinking, you know, at least you got like the two points there. It there's it can't twist in between that chassis. Well, look at the design of these mounts as well. I mean. I, I look at them. I'm like, Man, those things look just badass. Like, I love the <laughs> color too. The the color definitely helps, but just the straight up design of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think these guys did a pretty damn good job on this. They basically look like they were trying to shave as much weight as they could off of it, eh? Like it. Right. It's it, not like it, a it solid did, piece. It, did, it didn't need to be that complicated, but it is. Yeah, it's it's beautiful design. Yeah. Well, anytime you, I mean, you got your triangles in there, which is always your strongest 
shape and then and they definitely freed up some weight but it's still heavy 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 duty that's what made me go with that design or with that company is uh, both mason well mason speaks really good of them and every review i went to just talked about how sturdy they are i love this mount and you know if my obutto doesn't work out with my new dd1 wheel because i will be mounting it on a flat plate and i've been told on the forums that that puppy's gonna buckle and uh boy if it does i'll be buying one of these probably all right uh tony we got uh something up your uh groove uh budget build yeah finally I'm sick and tired of talking about these like hundred thousand dollar freaking setups <laughs> um let's get back to my world here a little bit and i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this actual build um because it, it's a it's a wood build um and this guy's done it super cheap he says he's put maybe 50 bucks in lumber i mean it's it's clean looking it i'm sure it's going to be sturdy as hell because wood builds usually are they're just you know they weigh a freaking ton um and you know hell they can be a bit of an eyesore but that's not what we're going for there functionality and uh and and the budget the price right um now what i what i did find interesting was his uh his seating option, which is, you know, just a like a racing uh, desk chair. chair. Yeah, like a gaming desk chair. Uh, yeah, office chair. That's where it, he's knocked the wheels off, so it ain't gonna roll around on him. And he's and he's ditched the uh, the armrests uh, and re replaced them with supports, uh, just wooden supports, which I absolutely love. Now, <laughs> experience trying to race in a bloody office chair with the armrests. They just get in the way. Like you got to get rid of them. I actually destroyed a um, an office chair because I, I cut the freaking arms off and didn't realize I the the I just didn't leave it with enough support. So I ended That's up funny. on my ass. Yeah, I I have arms on mine, but I'm very short, and so they literally they're literally the perfect distance for when I'm uh, under caution. I tend I'll, I can lean on them, but they don't get in the way when I'm steering. Yeah, this is actually really smart. I had the same thing. I had the chair I'm using now is different, but the one I was using before this had arms on it, and I had to take them off. And yeah, same as you, it, it takes a lot of the support out of the chair, and it's a terrible thing to do. But yeah, what this guy did was really smart. It looks like he just used the same screws that held the arm on, and just used a couple pieces of wood to give it the support. And but you know the the wood's much lower now the way. But that's a that was a clever fix that. I was too dumb to think of when I was messing with mine. And look at what he's got to stop the brakes from moving around. It's just a, a piece of board to push up against. Yep. Well, hey, in the end, that that's all you really need, right? Right. Now, uh, the other part to this that I wanted to bring up is uh, in, in those comments, um, there's some guys talking about, hey, somebody should, you know, build a group where everybody can post their their builds, right? Their, their do-it-yourself stuff. So sure enough... Um, they, they started one. It's called the, the DIY Sim Racer on, on Facebook. It is a closed group. You'll have to apply, but they'll let you in. Um, man, and you want, you want to see innovation. You want to see, there's some really good stuff here and you know, it's all do it yourself. It's, um, you know, some of it's cheaper than others. Some of it's, uh, ugly as hell and some of it looks really good. Um, but have it you shows, submitted it, it shows the innovation that, uh, you know that, that that the sim racers uh come up with which is just amazing have you submitted your button box yet no i have not and but a lot of people have submitted pictures on that facebook group is about seven days old 
and there are probably 50 rigs to review there. I mean, we could never go through all of them. I just, but uh, Tony, I did invite you, and we got you in that group. So I'm there, and I will be posting soon some pictures of my builds. Um, and uh, when we get to the final thoughts, there, I got a little something about my button box. Did you guys see the picture of Dylan James uh, with the dash and the center console that he's taken out of a car and put around his base? Yeah, I did see that picture. Oh that's my god, cool. that is, that's really innovative. I like that. Yeah, and where you use actual part of a car. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we're going to get into racing. Res well, we had an off week, so let's do one more hardware. Uh, Chris, Rift S first impressions on iRacing. Yeah, Brett McBurney uh, posted on the forums that he's received his new uh, Rift S and wanted to let, know, let people know what he thought of it. Uh, he said the screen is great, he's very clear, and the 80 FPS seems smooth enough. Colors seem a little washed out, however. He said the sound is very poor, even at 100% in a quiet room, it's only a tiny whisper. He said the, the fit is excellent, and he said the size adjustment knob rubs on the back of my sim seat, which is annoying. So yeah, I can see that being a problem if your head sits back against the seat. And um, I think the sound thing is going to be a problem in all the new Rift headsets. That's why I've been hearing. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's kind of it's to fix a complaint, and now people are complaining about the fix. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't like how loud the old ones were because they they want to be able to hear things that are going outside of VR, so they're not completely you know if their their kids are choking or you know, something like that. And so I think that that's why they've went with these quieter um, uh, speakers in these things. But yeah, I think they've made them too quiet. Well, these uh, speakers what... don't even go over your ears. They're they're up way up higher. They don't actually fit over your ears wow. now. Um, so it's pretty silly. Uh, I don't know. I'm considering getting one. Um, I'm just, what I'm mostly worried about is I like right, like right now I've got my Sony headphones on that I use when I'm doing my sound engineering work. And if I can fit them over them or under them, under it, then that's that's probably what I'll end up going. But my Rift is pretty beat up, so I'm, I'm ready to get a new one. Yeah, people in the thread are trying to find alternatives for sound, like little ear, ear pods or something like that. But uh, the other people say that there's no screen door effect uh, with this version. You think at some point here, because obviously sound seems to be the afterthought with a lot of things. Everyone's worried about resolution and all that stuff. Um, I'm wondering at one point one of these these companies start, <clears throat> sorry about that, uh, enlisting, you know, like a company like Astro or you know com companies that are Bose or something that specialize in sound engineering and, and, and a head a headphone company to try and work out how to make the ultimate setup there because you know sound is part of the immersion process as well yeah seems like they dropped the ball there somehow i was just in a race in nimza earlier and i knew where the car was just by hearing it yeah yeah and you know i sound there's a lot of ways sound can be immersive too i added the subwoofer a 500 dollars uh, home theater subwoofer right behind my seat and it's made a huge difference i i can't tell you the immersion factor that it gives see i that we were talking a couple of weeks about like even with 
um, even a good headset. Like I have the Logitech. Uh, I can't remember what the model number is, but we've we've showed it a couple times on the podcast here. But it has 7.1 uh, Dolby. I guess it's virtual surround sound because you can't really do it. But even that, when I'm playing like a, a shooter game or something, you can hear people come up behind you and stuff like that. Sound is like sound is when your eyes are covered and you can't see anything around, like I've never been immersed like for long periods of time in VR, but um, sound is a really important sense in a VR setting because um, it, it, it's a closing your, your, you know, your whole head off um, and, and immersing you in whatever you're seeing. And you need that sense to be something good. And I, I think it, it lacks a lot here. And when you're racing, sound is a really important thing. Yep. All right, uh, let's get into results. Uh, we had an off week, and now we're into Charlotte, the Coke 600. I'm running uh, tonight in about 55 minutes from now, the NIS fixed. Let's you missed talk one before that, Mike. You forgot about the guys that ran the 500. Oh, the Indy 500, right? right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because, uh, you know, a lot of us ran it, what, was it Sunday morning? Chris, so, yeah, it was, and and yeah. how were the finishes? I think I, we don't have it written down here. I tried writing it down, but I was screwing up the script, so I'm not going to write it down anymore. It was but, like third uh, and second. Somebody got. Uh, I got second. I can't remember what Tony Tony Richet had was had a good race going as well. Um, but yeah, I had I had uh, second place. I passed um, for a second on the last last lap going into turn one. I made a quick dash underneath and. Uh, I was fighting for the top top five all race. It was a really I don't want to say that the 500 is a boring race. It's it's, it's exciting driving that car and, and learning what to do with the uh, weight jacker. But you know, once you get going in that race and it just draws out, it's you know, if there's no caution or anything, it just it's basically just running laps, wide open almost. All right. So that's the Indy 500. I didn't participate. Uh, let's talk Wednesday open last night, Charlotte, uh, Mason wrote, I hate this package. If I wanted to drive an Indy car, I would, I wrecked myself out of the lead on a side note. Thanks to Fanatec for quickly returning my broken wheel and NRG seats for a comfy seat for the 600, uh, that I completed and sim labs for a sturdy rig to that's built to last. David, how did you run? Same thing. Uh, we weren't in the same split this time. I've actually been on a little bit of a slide. Uh, I just, I wrecked out. Don't, didn't even try to finish the race. I got caught up in damage early when a couple of guys get, towards the front got into each other. At that point, I was about a top five car. After that, I was running between 10th and 20th. And I had started loosening the car up because it was, it was feeling okay. And it was the exact same, uh, issue that was brought up earlier I, I had a little bit too much will i guess in turn four and with no warning it just snapped loose and i hit the inside wall and that was it david's making his way down to my split again that's exactly what K happened to casey tucker uh he was just telling us about uh where it snaps loose like that but it, it's tough if, if this was easy everyone would do it so yeah in the whole package i could i could feel the car getting loose and i just there's no warning. It just it's just you're already full throttle. You, you know you've you've already gotten full throttle further back the turn, and so and and then you're already full throttle. It'll just go and it'll still just go woof. 
All right, and then Jesse, uh, he did a warm-up race by running A open and got P1 after starting 17th, picked him off one at a time. And then in NIS, he got P3. He said a spinning car hit him early. Uh, same thing, last caution, the car got tight. Uh, from it at the end, he savaged a third place. Uh, nice run. He ran a pickup cup race right after that um, A open and won that one too. <laughs> He's having wow. a good week. And I think Bill might have got a P2. If I remember yeah, I right, so. yeah, Bill got P2, so congrats to Bill. Uh, Hall, do we have updated standings this week? Well, well, since we were off last week, no. We don't, it, okay. It, we will not update until until we complete all of the Charlotte week. All right, and then Chris, you ran OBRL P5. Yeah, had a good finish. Um, it was a fun race, uh, another clean race at a, a small track at Richmond. Um, I did... Um, just barely bump into Arca Pro Kevin Pearson though, and and spun him around. Um, I was able to stay off of him, and so he had a nice spin, recovered, and and finished well. But uh, I was the little little blockade and um, got ran into and caused a couple other guys behind me some X's and damage. So could have had a cleaner race, but had a good finish. Okay, and then uh, Greg, Mark, and David, you ran uh, P8 in Lamar. It was, a, it was a single split, um, <laughs> and there was a lot of really good drivers in there. We were very – I mean, we, we finished about as fast as we were going to finish. Uh, we had some mistakes, but I don't think they actually changed where we were going to finish. That's uh, that's an understatement, Dave, with a few mistakes. We need to clean those up for Lamar. Yeah, we don't want to, like, you know, turn it into the wall or run out of fuel. Right, right. I did pick up a win at Indy. Um the very first race I ran there. Uh, There's only three cars, and the other two didn't finish, but it's still a win. All right. <laughs> Keep it going. All right, that's it. Let's go to final thoughts. Chris Scales. I want to uh, thank Tony Rochette again for setting up the, the fun races last weekend. I, those are the best ones to do in my book. And um, also uh, the OBRL, they had an all-star race. And I got wrecked out early, but it was it was really fun and paid some pretty good money for not only uh, doing well but also clean racing i really liked how they set that up so and and it wasn't full so they, they still are looking for um new members if you're interested go out and apply chris uh good job on calling that on friday night or was it friday night saturday night when we were testing uh you said i hope i crash out of the 500 early to go race the all-star <laughs> yeah i sure did <laughs> Yeah, that Jinx. was terrible too. Yeah, dude, I was just on the it was on the front stretch, and a guy just came up and bumped my wheels and took us both out. Okay, David Hall, final thought. Our powers of uh, prophetic statements in our races is dangerous. Uh, follow me on Twitch, Mix Mage. Mix Mage. Uh, uh, talk to me on there. I can't. There's there's no way to see Facebook profile or from the Facebook live comments in. Um, in virtual reality but uh come in on there and twitch and keep me company especially in those road races okay greg hectus final thought uh looking forward to running the 600 friday night and sunday morning because i get to at least run sunday mornings again now so i'll just get two races in this week and uh uh, I guess after we're done the 600 this week, I'll, we'll have to start focusing on the Lamar setup or, and getting used to the track for the following weekend. But, uh, yeah, uh, follow me at uh, 
Frozen Cactus on Twitch. Uh, Frozen with two O's, Cactus with two K's. Uh, and yeah, we'll look forward to uh, interacting with everybody while I'm racing. Okay, very good. Tony Groves, final thought. Uh, so I mentioned uh, about uh, button boxes and my famed button box, I think, has bit the biscuit. Um, I haven't been able to use the last couple of races. I'm not too sure what's going on there. So anyways, I've uh, recently purchased myself a 3D printer. And Whoa. over the course of the last couple of days, I have been printing myself a new shell for the button box. And uh, I am going to... Uh, Go a little bigger on this one here. Um, some nicer, uh, nicer buttons, um, some toggle switches, and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I may go the rotary route. Have a couple of them just for fun, something to turn. And uh, if <clears throat> if all my calculations are correct, this new button box is going to have a lot more options than my old wooden one. Um, the, the, the price difference isn't going to be a whole lot more. I'm still thinking I can keep it under about 50 bucks all said and done. So, um, other than that, I really haven't been doing a whole lot of racing. My new job has been kicking my butt. I've been trying to acclimate to these stupid early mornings. Um, so maybe, uh, while those pro trucks come out, I'll be, uh, I'll be diving headfirst into those. So I'm going to save it for that. I think. Okay. And uh, on a side note, I did find in the Charlotte crowd at, on the sim a guy that looks just like Tony. And I posted a picture of it up on our uh, chat, but it was kind of funny. Uh, maybe Tony 10 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it might be a little closer if that dude was wearing a hat, uh, you know, cover up my bald spots. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of neat. It was kind of uncanny. I kind of look like you, but, uh, all right. Well, thanks for that. My final thoughts, uh, man, I'm chomping at the bit for that new wheel. Uh, after seeing that cool looking gold side mount for the sim lab cockpit, I'm just like, wow, that thing looks nice. And, uh, but I'm just chomping at the bit. I'm, I'm have that G27 and I'm just thinking how crappy this is. And well, it's going to be mid August before I get my wheel. So I'm going to run the NIS tonight and tomorrow night, and that's it. One start for fixed and one for open. Get my points and move on. I don't really like these long races, but I'll do it. All right? And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.